507. It's the KRMG Evening News. Time for the BA Breakdown, where we check in live with the Broken Arrow City Manager, Michael Spurgeon. Michael, welcome to the KRMG Evening News. Skyler, how you doing? I hope you're having a great week. It's been a really busy one with for me, and but I've been looking forward to our conversation today. It looks like a busy week in Broken Arrow. We have a lot to get to, but if I may first start with a uh, recommendation. I have a feeling you've already been, but we just tried Lima, the uh, Peruvian restaurant at 71st and Elm. Have you been there? You know, I've had several people tell me that's a, a place to go, but I just didn't have, and I've been a little preoccupied with uh, getting ready for um, a big event for me this weekend. So I'll have to try it whenever we get back. Certainly. Uh, I, I'll give it a, a high mark. It's very, very good. So check that out. Okay. I look forward to it. Uh, let's go down uh, Elm a couple of miles to New Orleans Square. This will be kind of a deep dive on New Orleans Square today. There's a lot to update. Last time we spoke, we were um, talking about uh, the completion of the medallion and some of the other things that had been done, but now there's a lot to go. And so I wanted to first ask you about uh, something you had kind of Brief, uh, briefly touched on before, which is uh, how they're going to continue paving the road. Because right now there's new curbs with old pavements, a little bumpy, but I just want to make people uh, understand that is going to be fixed, right? Absolutely. One of the last things you have to do when you do a major reconstruction of an intersection is the, is the paving because you have so many trucks and other types of vehicles that could be in the area. And we are finalizing the project, which everything should be completed uh, sometime in the middle of next month. We were down to that point where we took a look about what we had in the contract, which was about 400 feet or so in each direction. And looking at after completing the construction in the roadways, we determined that we needed to extend the actual work that we need the contractor to do with regard to the repaving. So we extended that in all four directions uh, to make sure that we have a great smooth surface to go along with the other uh, new improvements that we put there. So uh, the council meeting last week, the, the council approved a change order uh, amending the paving portion and also to do some additional sidewalk and concrete work uh, just to basically dress things up and make sure that uh, the, all the improvements match what we did basically in the intersection. So with a change like that, do we have a, an estimated date? Do you know about when people can expect the cones to go away? Uh, I would say probably by the middle of next month. I mean, at that, at that point, the contractor always gets down to what they call us a punch list items. And those are that we go out and we do an inspection through our engineering construction team. And we look at the contract and we take a look at what's been done on site. And we determine if they've met the expectations that are, are, are in the specifications. Uh, there may There's always things that have to be done. Some of the, the bricks may have to be replaced. Uh, some of the concrete work may have to be replaced based on it doesn't meet, meet our expectations or the contract. So I fully anticipate that we'll have all of the cones out of there to answer your question by the middle of the month. But I do think there will be some punch work probably for a couple of weeks after that. But all the paving work is supposed to start sometime towards the end of this month, which is really what we're hearing the most from folks now besides wanting the project to be done, which we're still within the time frame the, the developer, excuse me, the contractor has to get the work done. But we understand everybody's ready to move on. We're, we're ready to move on just as much as everyone else is. And we're probably about a month away from being able to say that we're finished with this project. That's going to be exciting for drivers and uh, myself. I go through there quite a bit. I want to talk more about the future of New Orleans Square, but let me first ask you um, just to sort of verify something for me. I was cruising around on Facebook and I know people get kind of spicy when they uh, go back and forth on comments about things in town, but is it, uh, is it true that there's more tax revenue for the city from New Orleans Square than say the Rose District as a whole? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you take a look at uh, the numbers that I have, uh, you know, right now, comparison wise, um, 
you know, but you look at the number of, of businesses that are at New Orleans Square, you have a number of national chain restaurants, for example, plus you have some great retail merchants, uh, large retailers such as Ross, um, uh, Metro Mercs, for example, Harbor Freight. You've got some great uh, tax generating um, businesses that are highly uh, supported by our community, you know, and, and I can tell you that uh, sales tax through uh, the month of March in New Orleans Square, for example, is $444,000, which is down about $6,000 from this time last year compared to the Rose District, which has generated about $186,000, uh, which is up a few thousand dollars over last year. So you've got different types of businesses, which is great for your community when you've got different types of businesses. But you you look at the restaurants, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Taco Bueno, Arby's. Uh, Pizza Hut, you've got, I think, at least 15 or not more than that restaurants in those areas where people can get in, get out and get home. And so it's a different it's a different makeup of businesses in both of our areas, which is what you need in a community to make sure you have all the offerings that your citizens want. That's really interesting. That That's not even close. I thought they might be close, but I suppose the visual of it, at least for me, is what would throw me off to think that's odd because, you know, everything's so compact in the Rose District, but it's so spread out. There's just a lot there um, over that space in New Orleans Square. So that's pretty interesting. Well, this shows you the type of commitment that uh, folks are making in both of those areas, which we believe uh, justifies the reinvestment that we're making in the in the New Orleans Square now. And there's going to be more to come. You're going to hear me talk to the council in the next couple of months about some opportunities such as the possibility of putting a tax increment, increment financing district overlay over the top in New Orleans Square because there is potential for redevelopment in the square itself and there is a lot of vacant land in the area that we could look to do to incentivize to bring more density, which is going to justify additional reinvestments within the center itself, uh, just as uh, Red Dog Construction made recently on the corner where Mr. Mambo's at right there. So it, it's it's slow. And sometimes people have to understand is that you know, the private sector has considerations they have to look at when they are going to make major investments into an area. And it's our job to create an environment that su- supports and in and uh, promotes the private investment because that's what drives an economy, the jobs the private sector makes, the revenues that are generated, which we turn into services. So we work real hard to make sure that we're, we're private sector focused because that's how a community grows is when your private sector makes investments. You touched on my next question there. You mentioned the, uh, the construction near Mr. Mambo. That's the uh, proposed, I saw some renderings um, on Facebook about new buildings that could be added, which makes good sense to me because there's so much vast parking lot space there that maybe in the 90s when I lived there as a kid, you know, you might get a lot of cars out there in front of what used to be there. But these days it can be reinvented and that space can be used. Oh, absolutely. We have four areas that actually uh, that could happen. And we're working with one developer that that got some preliminary approvals. It's a long way to go before we actually do that. But uh, Josh McFarland with Red Dog Construction has made already made investments uh, with with the the pizza place, uh, also with the retail commercial that's next to Home Church there. And as a part of the the rezoning that was done from from the old Hobby Lobby to the church, the city required that there be a certain amount of retail commercial. And this is following up with with the um, 
the expectation that we created to try to grow the area. And so that just shows the private sector believes that there, there is a, a good investment that can be made in New Orleans Square. And I, I believe that we're just going to continue to see more growth in that area by the city making it a priority to support uh, the private sector by saying these are the things that we can do, such as the intersection, looking at a TIF district uh, to make sure that the revenues are there that we could give back and for a short, a short period of time in order to justify those private investments, which in turn will create jobs and additional revenue uh, further down the line that will continue to support the great city services that we currently provide. I don't know how this happens every week, but we are so out of time. So we're going to have to catch up with you again <laughs> next Tuesday. Michael Spurgeon, the Broken Arrow City Manager in the BA Breakdown. Have a great day. Thanks, Kyler. You have a great week.